0: Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. No one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. and yet you don't understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So how do you hide something you don't want others to know about? One way is to do it at night in the dark where no one can see. And that's exactly when Nicodemus came to visit Jesus. You see, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, not a a Pharisee, a Jewish religious leader. And Jesus had been saying things, teaching things, doing things that challenged their authority, their interpretation of scripture, their understanding of faith. He was challenging their power. And nobody likes that. So there was conflict. And eventually it got so bad that some of the religious leaders would want Jesus dead. But Nicodemus, here and now, Nicodemus, he was curious. He wanted to know more about what Jesus was saying and doing. He thought Jesus was a teacher sent from God. And so in the middle of the night, when no one could see, he went to visit Jesus. In the darkness, because even spending time around Jesus meant risking his reputation, his standing in the community, his authority as a religious leader. I mean, what if he was wrong? What if Jesus wasn't the real deal? It was better to go at night. Better to hide who he was and what he believed. Better to be a secret disciple. And that's how people remember Nicodemus, as someone who hid what he believed and concealed his faith. In fact, over 1,500 years later, in the 16th century, people were still using his name, calling someone a Nicodemite, was a horrible insult, a way to accuse people of concealing their true beliefs out of fear and cowardice. That is what the name Nicodemus came to stand for. And I got to tell you, this week, I was all prepared to preach about Nicodemus, the secret disciple. I really was. And if you think about it, That's like a pretty great topic for a sermon, right? Because many of us, whether from time to time or quite often, act like secret disciples of Jesus. How often do we hide away our faith? How many times have we been unwilling to claim Jesus in the light of day because there may be consequences? How often do we try to compartmentalize our faith? to keep it in just one portion of our life, say, this far and no further, so that it can't transform and change us. When are we secret disciples? Because we're scared of what others may think. I mean, that's a pretty good sermon topic, right? Come on. And I was all ready to preach about this, and then something happened. I cleaned my office. You remember what happened the last time I cleaned my office, right? Last time, I ended up discovering the only known and ancient copy of Paul's long-lost third letter to the Corinthians. And sure, it was hard to believe that an ancient copy of a lost letter from another part of the world showed up in my office in Holden, but as I told you then... Don't think about that too hard. This week, I was cleaning my office again. You know, it's been used by so many pastors and interns over the years for all sorts of projects. For, for a while, it was just a storage room before I came, and so I still find all sorts of unexpected things in there. This week, I was cleaning off a bookshelf, and I found a copy of a book called Boat Building for Dummies. Which I assume was left behind by Pastor Dan. But the weird part was that like half the pages were ripped out in anger. I don't know what that's about. And next to it was another book called How to Use Your Kids as Sermon Illustrations. That has to be yours, Pastor Sarah, right? Yeah, I thought so. But in between them, Covered in dust. I found another ancient letter. And I know what you're thinking. What are the odds that another ancient document showed up in my office? How did nobody find it over the years? And and how did I even read it? Since everyone knows that when I was in seminary, I intentionally took Greek pass-fail because I didn't want to have to remember any of it. I don't know what to tell you. You're thinking about it too hard. Now, this document had a long title. At the top it said, Would you people please stop calling me a secret disciple? Because that's only one part of the story, and you're missing the whole point. Colon. The true story of Nicodemus. And just that title got me thinking. What if we have been missing the point? I mean, over the centuries, when we've told the story of Nicodemus, most of the time we've been focused on the fact that he came to Jesus in secret. As if that's the only thing that matters about him. As if that's his whole story. But that's not the only place where he appears in the Bible. Later, when the conflict between the religious leaders and Jesus had grown more intense, and they were debating what to do with Jesus, Nicodemus stood up and said it wasn't fair to condemn condemn Jesus without a trial. Speaking like that, defending Jesus in front of other leaders was a real risk, but he did it where others could see and hear. And later, when Jesus was crucified, it was Nicodemus who came to help take his body down from the cross. The Bible says he brought over 100 pounds of oil and spices and ointments and he used them to honor Jesus, to prepare his body for burial, and then he helped to lay Jesus in the tomb. And he took that risk even though Jesus had already died been discredited in front of everyone, which meant that for Nicodemus to come out as Jesus' disciple meant that he would gain nothing, but that he could lose everything. And yet he did it in the full light of day. That's huge. I thought to myself that maybe we have been telling the story wrong. So I started reading this ancient letter, which conveniently only I have seen. It wasn't long, though it took me a while to get through. It turns out Nicodemus did not have great handwriting, but he did have some incredible faith. He talked about going to meet Jesus that night, full of curiosity and hope, and how he felt disappointed, embarrassed that he didn't understand what Jesus meant but he said that night changed everything. Just that one encounter with Jesus changed everything. Nicodemus said there was something that just kept calling to him and drawing him to Jesus, and eventually he realized he didn't need to understand everything in order to admit that something was happening inside of him. That faith was transforming him until he couldn't keep it locked up anymore and it couldn't remain hidden. This is what he wrote. Again, only I've seen it, but it's definitely true. He wrote, faith is a journey, which means it doesn't matter very much where you start, but where you go. It doesn't matter that I first went to see Jesus in the middle of the night, What matters is that I went, and then God did the rest. That's the point. I mean, this letter made my head spin. I thought about how often we judge people based on just one moment in their lives, as if that's their whole story. Or the way we judge people for where they are now in their journey of faith. None of us want to be judged that way, based on our most confused moments, or our most secret moments. And so it's not fair to judge Nicodemus or anyone else that way either. We talk about faith like it's a journey because it is. None of us are finished products yet. Neither are the people around us, which means that instead of judging others, we should be looking for ways to support and encourage them so that all of us can experience God's unconditional love and be changed and transformed by it. Because I think Nicodemus was trying to tell us that that's the whole point, that with just a little bit of time and encouragement, and mystery, the Holy Spirit can use faith to change us. Jesus said it's like, well it's like being born. It's something that happens to us. You ask any person who's given birth to a child and they'll tell you that it happens without and sometimes despite a baby's actions. Perhaps Nicodemus wanted to remain a secret disciple, but God had other plans. He heard those words that we take for granted. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. We're so used to those words. We, we see John 3.16 at wrestling matches and all over the place. And so we've lost a sense of how incredible they were for Nicodemus to hear. In the Gospel of John, that phrase, the world, is used to refer to everything that opposes God that works against God, that dwells in darkness. And Jesus tells Nicodemus and us that it's precisely that world full of people like us that God loves, loves enough to come and dwell among us. God used those words to transform Nicodemus. And God uses them to transform us. Do you hear them? God loves us. God has come to save us. We don't need to do a thing to earn that. It does not depend on your power and it cannot be gained by your own strength. It happens to us as a free gift of grace that seeps into the cracks of our lives and makes us new. And if you think that this is the most incredible news, you are right, though it's also a warning. Nicodemus tells us that God may not settle for just a piece of our lives. That faith is going to transform us in ways we can't control and may not expect. For Nicodemus, that meant that eventually he didn't want to be a secret disciple anymore. He couldn't be. His faith demanded to be seen and expressed through his words and his actions so that others could come to know the transforming love of God for themselves. This morning I say that that is the legacy of Nicodemus, the non-secret disciple hope it may be ours as well. In case you're curious, that letter disappeared from my office. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Maybe there's a wormhole or something. But maybe I'll try cleaning it again sometime soon. Who knows what I'll find? What it will change. Maybe even us. Amen.